welcome back to the podcast. I was inspired this morning because I just get super inspired at random moments of every day. So I was inspired during my yoga practice this morning to make this podcast about not being small. And it'll make more sense as I unpack this episode. But the backstory is, of course, like I said, I was doing yoga with Adrienne on YouTube this morning, one of her practices. I think it was called like the healthy body practice or something. Please do be sure to check out yoga with Adrienne or find what feels good is her organization. And I do yoga because it helps me be mindful. It helps me move my body and just really connect with my body, my feelings, my emotions, what's happening in my life. It's just been really a good practice for me to take a step back and to to kind of relieve my anxiety because I am an anxious person. That should be a jingle. I am an anxious person. That should be my jingle, honestly. Let me know if it's yours too because I'm sure I'm not the only anxious individual out there. So, As I was doing this practice this morning, about 20 minutes in, it was towards the end of the practice, she, like all of her episodes, she always has such wisdom to offer and a lot of jokes along the way as well. She led the viewers into the next movement and instructed us to just spread our legs wide on our mat and raise our arms upward to form an X with our bodies. As she usually does in her practices, she encouraged us to feel the power from the outer edges of our feet all the way up into our bodies, into our legs, into our core, into our chest, our head, our hands, and out our fingertips. And she really just helps me in particularly to recognize just the firmness of my body and the strength that it can exude. She referenced the wide and strong pose that we were standing in, and then she spoke, you can't serve anyone or anything by being small. Let me say it again. You can't serve anyone or anything by being small. I felt like a school teacher when I said, let me say it again, but it was worth being repeated. And like I said, as I typically experience at random moments, my mind started rolling with thoughts and with truths and with realizations. Uh, So of course I'm here to speak them out to you and I would really love for this to be a conversation. So If you have any other thoughts or ideas or responses, or you just want to say hi because I love having friends, then make sure to go, you know, DM me on Instagram on beloved.revealed or email beloved.revealed at gmail.com. That's my quick plug, and now I'll get on to the podcast. No, but this phrase, you can't serve anyone or anything by being small, really just kind of woke me up. I feel like I've been like asleep in just a going through the motions thing. I don't know if anyone feels the same because of this pandemic and blah, 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 coronavirus, you know, it's, it's our life, not blah, 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 blah. Like it is our life and we are experiencing this. And at times we feel probably defeated and like, we're just going through the motions of life. And like, what is the purpose? I mean, if no one else is relating in that, then like, maybe it's just me, but I'm sure there's someone out there that relates. So for this episode, I am going to split it up into parts based off of some of the thoughts and ideas that came to my mind when Adrian said this this phrase. And some of the things I was thinking about was about our physical bodies, which makes sense because I was exercising, and about struggles, like mental health struggles, emotions, and even struggles within relationships or relationships with others. And I also thought about the violence and the hatred and the oppression and the racism that has been happening, or that 
it's been happening all along, but that has been spoken up about a lot more frequently lately. We're just going to kind of go through some of these topics. I'm going to give you some of the thoughts that I have. And yeah, like I said, I would love to hear anything else you have to say. But right now I'm going to start off with bodies. When she said, you can't serve anyone or anything by being small. Obviously, I was standing in an X position and I was like, you're right. Like my body should not be told to be small because it is so powerful. It is so strong. It is so firm right now. Why do I feel otherwise? So I was a comm major at St. Mary's College, Go Bells. And in literally all of our classes, honestly, you didn't have to be a comm major at St. Mary's to talk about anything feminist related. We were talking a lot about media and how women's bodies are portrayed in media and how really just females are portrayed in general. So no matter the love your body culture that I know we are all aware of and that we see online, I do still think that modern day media still portrays women as needing to be small in order to be seen as beautiful or sexy or valued. And there's this company called Aerie. I'm sure many of you are aware of it, but Aerie is a great example of a company that is kind of going against this norm of showing just small females. They, if you go on their website, if you see their advertisements, they're showing all body types on their website photos and their advertisements, etc. And I very much appreciate them. And that is why I still support their company and bought a swimsuit from them the other day. Go check them out. They're really cute this year. That's just another quick plug. But that doesn't mean that everyone is like Aries. I feel like exercise and working out has been brought online very much so over the last year because of the pandemic and not, and gyms being closed. And in Ireland right now, gyms are still not open. So I have been living off of YouTube videos to exercise for uh, over a year at this point. As I've navigated Instagram and YouTube for some inspiration to move my body to exercise in my home, I've become super aware that toning of women and just like making women smaller is still really prevalent online. And trust me, I get angry every time I see it. Don't even get me worked up about it. But like Gymshark, I don't know if anyone knows what Gymshark is, but some of the Gymshark influencers, like their workout clothes are so cute and I really want to get a pair. All of their influencers are thin and toned. Thin and toned. There's not really much more to say than that. And like, I navigate YouTube trying to find a video and everything that's being recommended for me is Chloe Ting's two-week shred. Like, it's literally called a two-week shred, shredding body fat. Or there's videos like this hit workout to burn a lot of calories, to lose weight, to burn fat, to get abs, to get a tiny waist and a round butt, even though that's probably not really possible because your waist can't be a lot smaller than your round butt. You know what I'm talking about. I know you do. And I know it probably pops up on your YouTube channels too. Probably for men as well. I've seen it with men as the the exercise, what are those called? Instructors, I guess. <laughs> Coaches. But I've seen it all over YouTube. It is there. It is still promoting the smallness of female bodies. You need to be small. You need to have a tiny waist. You need to burn all of these things in order to feel good about yourself. Why, 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 why must our bodies be small in order to be worthy or beautiful or sexy? I'm sure you've talked about it before with your friends or in classes or just in that little mind of yours, big mind of yours. 
And we already know that the answer is you don't have to be small in order to be worthy or beautiful or sexy or whatever word you want to drop in there. <laughs> I could just keep thinking of that one TikTok. I've seen it so many times. So if you don't have TikTok or Instagram reels, you might not know what it is. But it's like the thing, the sound where it's like, and it's just like uplifting messages from the person that's hitting their camera or something. And it's always like, you are beautiful. You are loved. Your body doesn't prove your worth. Like there's all of this body positivity things happening, happening online. Obviously, we know that the answer to why must our bodies be small in order to be beautiful is not true. We already know that this is messed up that all of this stuff is online and like you have to be small in order to be cute and we know that it's false information of beauty in our world but what are we doing about it obviously the online culture isn't doing much about it in the exercise world as for what i'm seeing now there are people who are promoting positivity and there's tons of accounts that i follow that i will definitely be linking on my instagram for accounts that are you know, positive about bodies and that aren't just, you know, promoting toned bodies or smallness of waists and things. (laughs) But what else are we doing about it? So I'm going to speak about me personally. I would love for you guys to communicate ways in which you're also combating this smallness of body culture. I struggled with my body as soon as my body started to change. I was a tiny little chick. I remember women coming up to me and being like, you need to get some meat on those bones. And I would always take it as a compliment because from a young age, I was taught that small is good, small is pretty. So as soon as that started to change, as soon as I started gaining weight in my thighs and my stomach, probably due to a lot of the beer that I started to drink because I'm a big beer girl, I struggled with this and I started to see my body change and I started to freak out and feel unworthy of love because I was no longer as small as I was before. Along with this, I know now that I was struggling a lot with mental health things, with some trauma, and so it wasn't just self-hatred because my body was changing, but it was also because I was growing into this woman of like, who am I? I'm hurting, I'm anxious, I feel these feelings that I don't know if other people feel and I was just really confused as a person so I used exercise and I used eating habits to distract myself from all of the other things that were surfacing with mental health with trauma and all that I started over exercising and used that as distractions from my bigger problems I would literally be in the gym after a really long day at 10 p.m. just so I can get a quick hit workout quick sprint in on the treadmill I would make sure that I was working out six to seven times a week and it wasn't like the strong, healthy workouts that I see myself doing now. It wasn't yoga. It wasn't ever mindfulness. It wasn't anything like that. It was all pushing my body to an extreme limit. And this also led into food too. Something that I noticed that I've struggled with mental health wise for a while is like sometimes I go through periods of feeling numb like I was talking about earlier. Sometimes I feel like I'm just walking through the motions and a bad habit I picked up was under eating or not eating at all just so I could feel that hunger um, which is a real thing and I know it's not just happening to me and so I would then under eat or not eat and not nourish my body and then also be over exercising that it was just an unhealthy cycle and then I would overeat and then I would feel guilty even though my body was literally craving food so hard And then I had an app on my phone that was always counting calories. I would be plugging in everything I ate, everything I drank. And I would love to see the low calorie count. I was not eating enough calories. But counting calories made me feel as if I was in control of my life rather than 
my anxieties, my traumas, my tensions, my stress, whatever it was at the time. But the way that I started to heal these things, that I started to nourish my body and treat it with respect was by talking about it. I ended up going to therapy because my anxiety was so strong um, that my counselor was like, okay, let's, let's talk about some stuff. And then, you know, the surface of my problems was exercise, over-exercising and under-eating. The root of my problems was much more than that. And I realized that I am doing these things to my body. I'm trying to make my body small because that's the only thing that makes me feel good right now. That's the only thing that I know is worthy of love in my world. So that is why I'm trying to be small, to take up as little space as as possible so that one, people can't see or sense my big issues because I am small. And two, if my body is small, that means I am loved. Wow, that was a rant. I don't think I've ever actually verbalized that. So thank you for for hearing this. But yeah, so as I went through therapy, I started to learn more about myself. I I started to not exercise six to seven days a week. I I ate things, which is great. Love, found my love for Sabra Hummus, which I do not support their company anymore, but their hummus is really good. Yeah, I started treating my body better and getting to the root of my traumas and anxieties rather than distracting myself through exercise and eating habits. And of course these things still come back. I noticed that I use exercise still to distract myself, uh, but I'm able to recognize it now. And I think that's, that's super important. And I think the constant reminder I always have to say, because when I go online and I see these Gymshark influencers, or I see these YouTube videos of burning calories and becoming smaller, I have to remind myself that I am bigger than that. Being small does not determine my worth. Being small does not determine the way that I am loved by God, myself, and others. I have to remind myself of that, and it sucks that I go online and I'm not reminded by it, and I'm not getting these reminders through pictures that I see or videos that I watch or captions that I read. So... If you need a reminder that you do not need to be small in order to be loved, this is it right now. You do not need to be small to be loved. You do not need to be small to be beautiful. You do not need to be small to be seen or to not be seen like I tried to be small so that others would not see me. And also just aside from that reminder, there are just some things that you can follow or read or watch or do to take action in this in your own life. There are some hella good accounts for this to follow along with. Like I said, head over to my Instagram. I'm going to make a Google document that is in the link tree in the bio to ways that you can take action or accounts that you can follow for combating the smallness of body culture. And if you have any suggestions of books or accounts, please do feel free to send them our way and I can add it to the Google document. Some other concrete things that you can do just with your friends and with yourself. I look at myself in a mirror very often, a few times a week, and point out five things that I love about myself. Again, it sounds cheesy, But it helps me realize that when I feel like I have to get smaller, when I feel like I have to overwork out and try to get my summer bod or whatever everyone talks about, I look at my body in the mirror and I point out five things that I love. Sometimes it's like my freckles because I can't think of anything else and I point out five different freckles. But it's still a good reminder that you are loved no matter how you look. Some things that you can take action with in relationships with others and with both men and women is not applauding any friends who want to diet and to exercise excessively only for the purpose of getting skinny. 
There are some health instances, there are some, you know, people who just love to feel strong in their body that want to exercise and want to eat healthily, and you shouldn't be calling out someone who wants to eat fruit for for breakfast or something. Uh, But if you notice someone who is dieting and who is exercising excessively for the purpose of getting small, remind them that they are bigger than that. Both men and women, because I notice for men as well, like if if eating disorders, if over-exercising was talked about by men more, I don't even want to know the numbers of eating disorders and body image issues that men have because they're there as well. So always remind your peers, whoever they are, Remind your human beings that they are bigger than what culture tells them about their bodies. I also think that it's really important to just recognize the use of our bodies. And this is kind of getting into Catholicism and theology of the body and um, highlighting the bodies are strong and they are to be treated respectfully. If you are not respecting your body and the body of another then you are not loving properly, you know? And really think about what respecting your body and respecting the body of another may look like for you. Bodies are not just objects to be used, and your body is also not an object to be used. And I think that's important to think about. So really just respecting your body in all forms is super important. So these are just some practices and some rants about uh, bodies and the smallness of bodies culture that we are living in. I'm going to say it a lot throughout this podcast, but it's up to us to not have small voices about it. We can't serve our bodies and serve the bodies of another by being voiceless and by being small, right? So let's speak up about it and let's do some concrete things to love our bodies and to love other people's bodies more. So the next phase of things that I will be chatting about is about struggles and relationships with others. So like Adrian said, you can't serve anyone or anything by by being small. So that also means our emotions. That also means our mental health. That also means relationships with others. But let's start off with emotions and feelings and struggles first. Keeping our struggles, our traumas, our feelings, our emotions small doesn't necessarily help them. Oftentimes I feel as if I'm a burden with the smallest of my struggles, with the smallest of my anxieties or failures. I am someone who doesn't necessarily accept help very easily. There was, there was an instance when I was like walking down the street and I had my hands full. I think I was asked several times from my roommates, do you need help? Do you want me to carry anything? And I always say, no, it's okay. I got it because I feel like a burden if I hand them something and then they have to carry the weight of it. So I am always just carrying heavy weights of things literally and internally because I feel as if letting someone hold them for me or letting someone help me with them, I feel as if that's burdensome. That's another thing that I've been speaking about in therapy and I've recognized this in myself and I just want to say even if you feel as if your burdens, your trauma, your hurt is small, it's not. I'm reading this book called The Choice by Edith Eager and she was a survivor of the Holocaust. Right, you think about the Holocaust and you think that is more traumatizing than anything I will ever have to go through in my life. But what Edith Eager says in the book is like, don't compare your trauma to my trauma of the Holocaust. Everyone has trauma, little traumas, big traumas, and psychology, they call it little T and big T. They're there and they are valid and you deserve to unpack those as much as anyone else. 
So even if you feel as if your burdens, your trauma, your hurt is small, again, it's not. Your whole identity is valid and beloved, and you should speak up about even the smallest things. There's always someone to hear them, whether that even be opening them up to your journal, writing it down in your journal first, maybe addressing it with your roommates or with a friend, a family member, with God through prayer. Whatever it may be, if you are feeling burdens, if you are feeling anxieties and all these negative emotions and if you have experienced trauma you should open them up you should open them up and allow your feelings to become bigger because suppressing them only makes them heavier i think about how feeling things can seem scary like if you like someone if you have a crush on someone for the first time like in seventh grade i'm thinking of my seventh grade crush and i think my feelings are so scary because i don't know if he's gonna like me back so i'm just gonna stay quiet about it and not do anything and then I just get anxious and then I get sad and then it leads to all of this other stuff. So these feelings of little me and my crushes, they seemed scary and I tried to make them small and invalid otherwise. But what if I allowed my feelings to be felt? Obviously I was in seventh grade. I don't think I would be having a serious relationship at that point. But what if I allowed my feelings to be felt? It probably would save me from a lot of self-hatred and sadness and anxieties and probably temper tantrums and stuff in my house. My feelings impacted those around me. My parents probably had to deal with my drama. My friends probably did. I probably wasn't the nicest person in the world. So what if I allowed my feelings to be felt? And what if that carries into today as well for all of us? If you allowed your feelings to be felt then you can allow them to become bigger than that smallness that you're trying to make it out to be. Allowing yourself to feel can allow your feelings, your struggles, your emotions to get lighter and not not super heavy. They can make you feel more free and it would become less of a weight on you. So allow yourself, your burdens, whether you see them as small or large or medium or both, If you allow yourself to feel to process your emotions and your struggles, and if you also allow someone to step into that space and help you with them, then your emotions will get lighter, you will get freer, you will get happier. Of course, it takes work to sort through feelings and to sort through through traumas and struggles, but it is worth it. There are going to be moments of lightheartedness and joy and I wish and hope for that for you as much as I wish and hope for that for me. So in the same instance if you open up to someone about your feelings and your struggles this is so important in relationship with other people. Vulnerability is the key to connection with other people. Expressing your feelings to those whom you are in relationship with can open up a space for healing, communication, trust, and really just a joyful friendship relationship. So here's a little story. I've been talking a lot about growing up and I might as well just continue the trend. So I'm going to talk about how I was kind of a bad high school student in the fact that I did some sneaking around towards the end of high school and honestly the beginning of college as well and my parents couldn't trust me. I remember the words from their mouth like, I can't trust you. And I remember feeling angry because I couldn't be trusted, but I was really putting it onto myself because I was sneaking around and lying and blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't until college that all of these lies and kind of like shame built up inside of me. And I felt like I was not only not trusted by my parents, but I felt unknown by my parents, unseen, sometimes even though they were seeing me, and maybe even unloved even though they did love me. I found that all of this shutting out and lying and 
not allowing trust to be built really impacted me in the way I viewed myself. So when I finally burst open and told them about some of my struggles and pain that I had been feeling over the years, which I really do mean burst open, I'm pretty sure I just cried so much. (laughs) But after doing this, and it happened multiple times, it wasn't just like one moment, I already felt better. And then I opened up to them about how I thought I needed therapy. So I started counseling in college and learning about myself and my relationship with them, how my childhood impacted me, and it became like a whole lot easier to express my wants, desires, thoughts, ideas, and feelings to them. My parents are two of my best friends, right? I'm so lucky with two incredible parents. And it took me a while to realize how incredible and how trustworthy they are. You know, they they watch you from the moment you are born until, you know, they can no longer watch you anymore. And I never saw them as a space of trust. I saw them as maybe like superior figures who could punish me for going over to so-and-so's house, which they always know best, so why was I going over to so-and-so's house? Anyways, you know, I was a little rebel. But as soon as I started being vulnerable with them and opening up to them, I really saw them as the incredible, trustworthy people that they always have been. They're not here to hurt me. They're not here to punish me. They are here to love me and to create a space of trust and support and healing. And I am, again, I am so lucky. I know that not everyone has this story that I can tell. But it kind of ties in with the fact that God is also that parental figure. As I grew up in the faith, I always saw God as someone who punished me, as who told me to go to confession because I sinned, or I saw it, I saw faith as rules and not as freedom. And as soon as I opened my heart up to the Lord, allowed myself to be loved, I felt freer and I felt like there was a space that I could be myself, that I could gain healing from and love from. And it may not be apparent, it may not be God for some people, but there's always someone out there that if you open up, if you are vulnerable with someone, there will be a space of freedom and a space of trust. And I think you should always start with yourself, opening up with yourself, being honest with yourself and your feelings, your experiences, your desires, and allowing yourself firsthand to be a space of trust and love, a little self-love right there. Opening up to someone, allowing vulnerability and honesty allows relationships to be more fruitful because only you understand yourself best. And by talking about yourself, your desires, your experiences, and letting someone in, you can then allow others to understand you and to love you best. They can support you, love you more, and become a best friend, a significant other, a spouse, a community member, a role model if you let them in. So this is another little word of encouragement to just don't fear vulnerability. Don't let your feelings make you feel small. Allow your feelings to become bigger so that they can also become lighter. You can't serve your mental health. You can't serve your feelings by being and by making them small. Little does Yoga with Adrienne know that I'm just totally going on a rant based off of one little phrase that she said in a video maybe two years ago. Amazing. So the third thing I kind of wanted to talk about was speaking up for the voiceless and the active fight against racism, oppression, violence, hatred. Too many times have people died and been killed or been treated poorly by becoming small. The issues of racism and violence against black people has often been spoken about online in our world very recently. 
And in most instances, people have not recognized this incredible amount of racism because it is often made small. It's often not spoken about and talked about and fought against. And I think of bystander bullies when I was in grade school, and sadly, I was probably one of them, and even sadder, I was also probably seen as a bully at some point as well. I always remember watching boys beat up on one boy, or hearing the girls, you know, talk badly about one other girl, and maybe I didn't say or do anything to contribute to the bullying at times, but I still didn't do anything or say anything. And honestly, that probably could hurt a victim more. A victim watches others watch them be bullied and not saying or doing anything. Being the bully, of course, being the oppressor, is horrid and is horrible and just appalling. I don't even know what other words. Wretched. I use the word wretched so much. But also not doing anything is equivalent. Not speaking up and loving another person as they are and standing against oppression and racism and violence and hatred is equally as horrible. Our society has become super vocal with issues in regards to all of this. Racism, oppression, poverty, homelessness, ableism, etc. There are so many accounts that I follow actively having a voice online about ending this violence, hatred, and oppression. And I have also contributed my voice to some things uh, or my repost in hopes that it would impact others to make a change. But like we have also been seeing, this stuff isn't just meant to stay online. Just reposting an image doesn't do enough most times. Write petitions, get the word out, tell stories, but also like start nonprofits, volunteer at nonprofits, start organizations, volunteer at organizations, at shelters, march on the streets, get your butt out there and make it an active engagement, not just a passive one online. And it's easier said than done, I am 100% aware. And I am still working on educating myself and how I can no longer be a bystander. And I'm taking baby steps in learning this, right? But it can take small baby steps of being active to make an issue, an injustice, and a person feel bigger. These things, this violence and this hatred, they need to be made big and they need to have a voice and they need to not be suppressed or small in order for there to be a change. So tell your stories and tell the stories of victims. Share the stories of victims. Talk with people who are victims. Educate yourself and also stand up against oppressors. Stand up against the big bullies. Don't be a bystander and use your voice to go and make a change because again, you can't serve anyone or anything by being small. Yourself, others, God, etc. That being said, the last thing I want to talk about is faith. Um, I'm a Catholic woman and I'm very passionate about my Catholic faith. I work in a Catholic church. I'm, I consider myself a minister and I can't, no one can serve the Lord by being small. I can't serve the Lord by being small. In my prayer life, in my work as a minister, in my curiosity and my questions about Catholicism and about other religions and about God and spirituality and faith in general, I can't learn about these things. I can't serve the Lord. I can't express my faith by being small. And this doesn't mean that you have to pray loudly or pray big. Like you can pray online. You can do a rosary on a live Instagram story if you want. You can start retreats, lead retreats, whatever you want. But a small prayer is also serving the Lord by being big. A lot of people who identify as Catholic, identify as Christian, they don't even make the efforts to pray. 
By even making an effort to pray is serving the Lord largely. And by sitting in the silence of your home and praying or in the silence of a chapel and praying or just praying before a meal, that is still serving the Lord loudly in your own life, in your own being. Being small in personal faith to me is by not taking any initiative in it at all. It is in my relationship with the Lord that I have realized that I am not small. He didn't make me to be small. He made my body to be strong and firm and not to be told to be smaller. He made my struggles and my trauma and my desires not to be small, but to be made bigger, to be talked about so that they may be healed. He did not give me relationships with other people to be surface level. He gave them to me to be vulnerable, to speak about him in truth and in confidence and in love with others and to explore relationships with him in the center of it. He did not give me a voice to be voiceless and he did not give me a mind and morals and values to not use them against oppression and racism and hatred and violence. And he did not give me himself to not have him be recognized to not adore him and to love him and to allow him into my life and to serve him in big ways, in big ways of prayer, in the smallness of my room, in the smallness of a chapel, in big ways as my work as a minister right now, which isn't in person, which is all online. It may seem like small ways, but they are big ways to him. You can't serve anyone or anything by being small. I hope that all of you can just take this message with you and just think about it and to not allow yourself to be small any longer. I hope that you can take your voice and use it in your job, in your family, in your friendships and relationships, in issues that you are super passionate about changing. I hope that you recognize that there is no part about you that is small and that you deserve to take up space in this world and to be seen and to have your voice be heard. I hope that you, a beloved individual, allow yourself to be loved and to be loving to all whom you encounter. And with that, I'm outie. Oh my gosh, that was totally a change of pace. I feel like I was like kind of praying at the end. So if you felt like it was prayerful, that's cool. I didn't say amen, but amen. Anyways, that's the podcast for the week. Take with it what you will. Send some feedback, some thoughts, some questions, some stories that you may have to the email or to the DMs. And I wish you all a great rest of your day. If you're going to bed, have a great slumber. If you're just waking up, get some coffee or tea because you got a day ahead of you and you're going to do great. Okay, I'm just blabbing at this point, so I'm going to go... This was fun, and I'll chat with you guys next week. Bye!